What's up, everybody? We are back for a season two of Showmez. I am your host, Jonathan Gomez, aka Jomez. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate all of your patience. We had plenty of requests to bring Showmez back. Of course, we we had to get through the the holidays and and all that good stuff. But we are back. Before I bring in the people that you're really here to see, I'm going to ask you to share this broadcast, hashtag Showmez, share it with anybody that you think would has been waiting on this broadcast, and um, we really appreciate it. Now, without further ado, let's bring in a familiar face, Mr. Nate Sexton. What's up, Nate? Hey. Hey, man. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm really excited to be back. I feel like it's been a lot longer than it has. I was looking back at the old broadcast and like those really weren't that long ago when you think about it. Like it's just a lot has happened since we we stopped doing the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, as long as there's still snacks, I'm I'm good for it. <laughs> there's always snacks. I mean, we let you do the show from your house. There's you, you have access True. to whatever you want. It is on it's kind of on me. <laughs> all right. Well, now, without further ado, let's bring in what is sorry, before we do, what is the percentage? The 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 vote on the big sexy, what was it? Oh. <laughs> let's bring him in. I don't... Jeremy Coling. <laughs> Y'all are wrong for that. Hey, we didn't do the vote. The people voted. I don't know what why we're wrong for <laughs> You're wrong for bringing it up. Well, actually, you know what? I'm kinda happy you brought it up. Because Nate and I were, were both equally surprised by how close the results were. I mean, Nate is like the disc golf poster child of like Saintum. Like every Nate could do, Nate could do all the things that Trump like said he might do and get not in trouble for it. No. He actually wouldn't be in trouble for it. Yes, it's true. You would not get impeached. Definitely not twice in your presidential. Anyways, we're not going to go politi- political. But yeah, uh, it was 50 point zero zero one to forty nine point nine 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 it was astronomically close so it's, it was like 1800 votes for both so it's not like wrong michael more votes than me. michael put up germs name tag thing again so what we yeah, did was it's accurate 100 percent accurate yeah what does it say significantly less than oh slightly God. no slightly slightly oh, sli- not oh okay it's very small <laughs> on my screen so ladies and gentlemen for the first time <laughs> As an actual part of the of the crew, like hosting, co-hosting, all that good stuff, and not necessarily the butt of a joke, Mr. Paul Uliberry. There he is. <laughs> you know what? You know Welcome. what? I'm, I'm really nervous right now. And there's two things I want to point out, all right? The first is, if you pull up another one of my bad rounds and then <laughs> kick me off the show, I'm going to be super mad. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is, I am very, very stoked that Nate Sexton has no part of my commentary. He is no percentage of me. I'm sorry, man, but you have to take that one all by yourself, my friend. Dude, whatever, man. I'm like at least 60% of the big berry. That's that's just the I, way it goes. I'll you take know? it. Yeah. I'll take it. Hey, man, but Sexton's got nothing on me right now. Nothing. <laughs> no oh. peace. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, you're, you're the people. You, you are the true people's champ. The way that you took that constant bashing that you got last season and you kept on coming on the show for some stupid reason and you kept thinking that we were going to be kind the next time around was just epic. And you gained so much popularity with our fan base. And we figured, you know, if you could if you could do that, we might as well give you a shot in the booth. And you did the best you possibly could last year. And uh, you did you did awesome. Hey, who would have so, thought? Congrats who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. Not me. Not me. Not me. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm stoked, guys. This is it this feels is awesome. so it's good to be here. It really, it really is good. Thank you all for for coming on to the show. We're really, I'm just, it just feels great to to have everyone all back together. Really, I don't think we've had everyone together together. Like Nate, you know, there was always like a mix of everyone. I'm, and I'm referring to like being on tour and commentary and all that. So this feels like yeah. this feels like a good a good place to be. And um, yeah, I mean, just thinking back to last year, how things worked out. Like we started the season with with Big Sexy in at the Memorial, and got Shomas kicked off like in person, and then yeah. things just things just kind of went south pretty quick. We showed up in Waco. What was that? Two weeks later, and then like didn't even finish the tournament, and then that's where that's where Yuli came in. We 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 had him there in Waco for the two rounds we did, and and you know just has as yuli just making himself available and that that worked out so well and then just kind of the way the the season shut down after that and that's where we had shomez and that was just like such a great time just basically creating something out of thin air and well i mean paul wasn't just available there's a lot of pros out there that are available to do commentary being in the position to work with with you and and the jomez crew is an opportunity that anybody would be foolish to turn down Paul wasn't just available. He had the talent to maintain his position. And that's something that, he, you know, no, none of us could have done for him. He had to do that. He brought the entertainment. He brought the funny, but he also brought the insight that has always made him a great teacher, a great player, and, and now a great commentator. So, and that's about, that's about it for me as far as any sort of compliments or any praise. <laughs> here on out, I'm cutting you down. I'm chopping you down Paul Bunyan style, baby. This is not what I expected. This is not what I expected. <laughs> it's a whole new show, man. It is. It's, it's, it was, hey, we told me people. You went through, the, you went through rookie embarrassment. <laughs> Instead of just blushing embarrassment, now I'm blushing out of pure cry eyes. Oh, uh, yes, how sweet. Warm. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. You know what? It, honestly, it was it was pretty tough. I mean, I had there's a lot of expectation to follow and to fill up the shoes of Nate Sex, and I know that. You know, I mean, what a great commentator! I think we can all agree that he has his niche in uh, in the sport. And, <laughs> I saw that germ. <laughs> and uh, and to fill those those shoes, I mean, I there's no filling those. You know, I had to kind of take my own route with and be myself. And I was lucky that you know the disc golf community kind of kind of let me in there and and allowed me to do that. So very thankful for all you guys out there. You know, it took a long time to see those comments of we want Nate Sexton back to kind of drizzle towards the end. And, you know, I'm, I'm just very thankful for that. And uh, I'm glad that we're going to figure something out this year for, for all of us. to you know, you know, just figure it out. I'm, I'm very stoked and very humbled. Okay. So I get what we're doing. Germ compliments Yuli, makes him blush. Yuli says something super nice about me, makes me blush. So I just want to say Jonathan's one of the best video guys I've ever seen. And oh, you know what the things he's able to do with Shomez <laughs> and with Jomez in general absolutely blows my mind. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's one of the all-time greats. So 
I get, now we, we now that we got that out of the way, oh, everyone's okay. got a quick blush. Every, yeah, everyone. And now I don't know why Jim's looking up at me. Is that because <laughs> you wanted to break? What I what I was gonna say is <laughs> thank you, thank on. you so much to Michael. Yes, thank you to yeah, Michael right? for making yes, this all happen. Yes, he just absolutely. there he is. He he just saved us from being derailed from the very beginning <laughs> by fixing the technical issues that that started from the very beginning. So thank you, Michael. And also thank you, Germ. The guy has been there for I'm pretty sure every single commentary opportunity and paired up with whoever it was that that, you know, he's just he what a guy. Always there, Mr. Reliable. Better I know us, I speak baby. for there. the entire fan base of Jomez Pro to say that we appreciate you being there. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you've paired so well with either of these two guys and, and been successful. I mean, that's you're the common denominator. Are you blushing well, yet? Cal Ripken, had, uh, Cal Ripken had many errors in his career, and he didn't always hit home runs or singles or anything like that, but he was there for a record number of games consecutively. And right now that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And eventually, <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll mean something to somebody at some point. Well, <laughs> so I wanted to move on to something. I think we would, it would be a huge missed opportunity if we didn't at least look back on one of the, probably the biggest highlights of Big Barry as, 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 you know, we continued the tour for Shomez and we had a lot of just incredible moments as you saw like in the commentary bits and things like that that we put out in the best of videos. But something that we just can't seem to not hear the end of is uh, a particular interaction that happened during the practice round, which were amazing in themselves. I mean, I, we had so much fun introducing practice rounds because it, they were just so much fun. The, the type, the, the gold that was captured in, the, in some of those rounds was amazing. But the, the thing that takes the cake is a particular, uh, well, we did put Paul as an amateur zoologist for a reason as his intro to the, uh, I don't know if anybody read that, but <laughs> the gazelle, the, the whole gazelle bit. I mean, what, I don't know. I know you've been asked about it so many times. Uh-oh, Jim's leaving. I'm coming right back. Oh, he's right he's got a, <laughs> he's got the shirt. <laughs> It's his gazelle shirt. That's a real nice gazelle shirt. All right. Well, to catch anybody up to speed that for some reason doesn't know, before we move on, let's roll. Let's roll the clip, Mike. Walking around all clumsy, like you know. Some people have compared me to a gazelle, Paul. (laughs) A one-legged gazelle. Yeah, been mangled you by a like lion. You look like a gazelle. I look like a gazelle? Kind of with the little outfit. Do you not know that this is a toucan? Uh-huh. It's a bird. A gazelle's not a bird. <laughs> a gazelle? Did you just say that? Yeah, a gazelle's not a bird. Yeah, it is. When I say gazelle, what's the first image that pops into your mind? Describe a gazelle, like I, the color, the shape, maybe the texture of the fur. Me? Yeah, or skin, whatever it has. I don't know. 
like some sort of sheep looking I guess like kind of horse looking thing with wings <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. I, I mean, every time I see it, it doesn't. I, it I doesn't. laugh. It does not get old. An equal amount. It's amazing. I don't know. I I just right here. Yeah. I got okay. This too, baby. Yeah. I got it all like within arm's reach. It's like <laughs> either side of me. I mean, I just oh I would like I just I I would like to just go back and relive that moment like in person. But the video is just the next best thing because I just I'll never forget like telling Jern like whispering to him after the interaction started. I was like, keep asking him this because something is actually <laughs> happening right now and it's not a bit like Yuli's not joking right now. <laughs> I remember like asking about the gazelle again because after he threw that <laughs> shot, we walked on the fairway and it's not in the video. But I'm like, ask him about that. Oh, I, I had part. already had that plan. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Like, well, as, soon, you, as soon as you looked at me, you were like this, and I was like, oh, it's in my brain right now. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm pressing this matter immediately. As soon as he's done throwing, I'm going to ask him, like, <laughs> pretend I've never even seen a gazelle before. How would you describe it to me? <laughs> what were you okay, saying? So, so, no, the, <laughs> okay. here's what happened. I was just, I, I've been asked this a billion times in person, so I'll just let everybody know now. I'll set the record straight. He asked me, I looked at his stupid shirt, and all I could think was like of those, <laughs> with those, little, those white the white birds with the one leg, how they like, oh. yeah, so whatever that thing is. And then <laughs> I really thought that. And so on the walk down, I'm like, okay, something's fishy here. They're trying to get me to go somewhere. So then I start, I'm like, oh, I think I know what it is. And that's like halfway down there when I was like, with wings is like I had finally figured out how stupid I was. <laughs> and then that's why we had the great laugh is because I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, you got me. You got me good. Oh man. I thought it was I a think that, I think that first part, uh just like where it's kind of happening and Germ is like acknowledging the camera is like it's like as good as the office. Like it's like, it <laughs> yeah. reminds me so much of like Michael Scott is like saying something crazy and, and Jim sitting there like, uh, Oh, <laughs> you know, like pretty funny. Yeah. Like how it hops back and forth. It's like, it just, and the fact that it's, you know, I know you guys. So it's just like everybody, I feel like it's easy obviously to, to jump on Yuli for this, but it's like, I love thinking about like, what's the dumbest thing that all of us just has no idea about? Cause there's something that's just slipped through the cracks for you, your entire life. And Yuli got, Yuli's came out that day on camera. But like all of us, all of us have something that we're just totally clueless about. And you have no idea cause you think you know it. And it seems obvious to you. That's a bird with one leg, of course, a gazelle. Yeah. I've always known that. But, but then it's like, we were so lucky to have that moment like happen on camera because it could happen to any of us where it's just like some word you thought you knew what it meant and it's the opposite of that and you just have no idea your whole life sometimes here's the thing i said i said i was nervous coming into this show for this exact reason we're still we're still got the little jokes coming my way well it could happen to anybody what i know i know what is it it's a toucan you said it's a toucan 
Yeah, he knows it because he's seen the clip many times afterwards. Thousands of he thousands can't of thousands of okay. times. Okay, well, again, Yuli, that, that really wasn't the reason. Like, this, that really wasn't supposed to be, like, why you came back on, obviously. <laughs> some, some long there was, con? <laughs> yeah. That would have been really good me, if that I'm was. Good, good. You're, you're allowed to stay even after all this when we move on. But the reason we brought it up is because we have a very special release to announce right now. We had the Gazelle shirts like Jerem showed you, not the one with the toucan on it, the actual gazelle shirts that we made. And those, you know, people still couldn't help but say, we need a disc. Like, where's the gazelle disc? And obviously we can't make a gazelle disc. That's already a thing. But we did go ahead and get some artwork done, some brand new fresh artwork. Look at these things. Oh, I love it. Now those are pretty smooth. Oh my gosh. Oh. It is a so, Gazella so. in its natural habitat. Yeah. Flying through the sky. Just flying flying one leg. Just one leg yeah, flying one out leg, there, balancing. Like, just just so as they exist majestic. in nature. So <laughs> the crazy ahead, thing. Mike. I think I think the crazy the craziest part about the whole thing is that the whole thing started because Yuli said, Hey, you kind of look like a gazelle to germ. <laughs> and that looks exactly like germ, like that art. Looks exactly like germ. It's crazy. It's crazy how how right how right he was and how wrong he was at the same time. So again, just just to let everyone know, these are dropping tomorrow, as you see on the screen now. Tomorrow at jomaspro.com. Oh Patreon supporters and the email subscribers get first dibs. They get the they get the notification of when these items drop, and then of course whatever's available after the, the initial rush is going to be available to the public God, at jomaspro.com. So, so get over there. You have you now have your ways of getting of getting the early access tomorrow. Those are coming out. We're really excited. Just one more time, these are going to be on a limited number of Discraft zones, the swirly ESP zones. Mm-hmm. And you know what Yuli so says about zones? Looks just like me. It's crazy. Wait, is yeah, it Yuli that has an opinion wow. about zones or, or Germ? Who was it? That, oh, it was Germ at that same practice I, round. I, look, I've been called <laughs> out. Yeah, what's that same practice round? Look, all I was saying, Paul has great touch with the forehand, just not with the zone because you don't need touch with the forehand. <laughs> in the zone. I mean, just that was all I was saying. And uh, Innova Star Wraiths. These things are just beautiful. Sorry. So tomorrow, right com. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, Yuli, you're you're off the hot seat. Thank you for letting us relive that one more time. I'm sure it'll still happen again, but not not on Showmez, anyways. <laughs> so hey, I love it, man. Yeah. So moving on, we actually wanted to uh, to congratulate Ezra Robinson. Adderhold. Oh, Adderhold. I was thinking of the other. I was looking at another sponsorship thing. I'm sorry, Ezra Adderhold. Uh, for announcing his, uh, yeah, go ahead. Him as well. I was going to say, uh, Ezra Robinson as well, wherever he is. Congrats, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Ezra Adderhold, Mr. Team Captain here for Discraft has gained a new member. Oh yeah, man. We're we're so, we're super stoked to have him. Um, I, I got, uh, I had a couple quotes about him and one of the things is I just love how he does everything, you know, everything the right way, uh, He's obviously a great player, but, you know, just coming into the sport, he's just made a huge splash. And, like, the guy doesn't – 
I've never seen him do one thing that was outside the box. You know what I mean? Like he's always tight knit, buttoned up all the way to the top. And I just love that about him. We're super lucky to have gained him because I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah, so we uh, that just kind of got got me thinking about how sponsorships have kind of evolved pretty quickly over you know through 2020. I mean, Ezra went through all of 2020 without a without a you know manufacturer sponsor. He was sponsored by OTB Discs, but he you know he went through. I know it wasn't a complete season, but you know a good amount of events without without that. So of course everyone was wondering like, what's he going to do? Is he going to do that again, or is he finally going to commit to something? So. Um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get you guys thoughts on, on how that, you know, the, the whole element of sponsorship, especially with two team captains here, you know, Nate being the team captain of Innova and, and Yuli of, of Discraft. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's a crazy year. You know, I'm, I obviously, I missed most of it, you know? So it, like, I've barely even met Ezra yet, which is, I'm looking forward to it. I got to talk to him a little bit in Winthrop. I've seen his, some of his YouTube stuff. He seems like a great dude and super talented, but like, you know, some of these, the guys that are super new on the tour, like I barely even got a chance to see those guys, but yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, in a year like that, where, you know, everything was shortened up and you couldn't really lean on performance and statistics as much as you might usually be able to and say, Hey, this is how this person played. Because at the end of the day, like you can't really fault somebody for like, making a decision one way or the other, like somebody going out and doing it or somebody not being willing to, to roll the dice and, and go and be on the tour, you know? So it was sort of weird year that way. And I think it's just kind of pushed social media even more to be even more important than it already was, which it already was really important, but I feel like that's right. even more on the rise now. Cause it's like, you know, something you can control, outside of just like make more putts win more obviously that's the goal for every player but only one guy gets to win every week you know so it's like you can affect your the brands you try to represent and your own personal brand uh so much more consistently through content creation no absolutely you know what i'll go ahead go no go for it paul no i was just gonna say you know before i came on the show i was just curious to see I know that over the last couple of years, there's so many like better players, obviously. So I just took a quick little peek at the, um, pardon me, this thing just went off. I took a quick little peek at the PDGA to see how many thousand, like 20 to 1015 rated players there are. And I, I counted 140. Between That's a lot wait, of good players. What are you saying? Between 1015 and 1020? Between 1030 or 1050, whoever the highest rated guy is oh, in 1015, 1015, there's a hundred okay. down to 1015. There's a, there's 140 people right around there, and probably another, probably close to 100 after that that are right at the thousand to that to that mark, and that's just unheard yeah. of. Like, so you have to figure out a way to separate yourself from the field, and for somebody especially like like Ezra who didn't have a sponsor. And of course, playing well, you're going to do that. But right away when he kind of splashed onto the scene, you kind of already had like a little in-depth from the things that he was doing of who this guy kind of was. You knew that he threw far. He did some of those challenges, right, that were really impressive. And that just like speaks to like how, like you said, how important it is and how important it's getting to where like somebody like that, no sponsorship, 
I think he wasn't even a thousand rated at the time. And then now, you know, he's signing a nice big deal this year. And that all has to do with all that stuff just with his play. I mean, you know, that maybe people think or manufacturers think about him a bit different, but when he comes with the full package, like this guy's doing everything, everything. Um, and he's a great guy on top of it. I mean, that helps you. I think, I think that the rest of the world, if you're a kid out there and you want sponsorship, like look at him as an example of something of a way that you can really impact the game. It's wild because like, I would say three, maybe four years ago, if a young player came up in the sport and like kind of did something to get recognition, like early on. And then they went to the, to the manufacturers and said, Hey, I want a big sponsorship. I think a player like, like any of the three of us who have been around for a long time could have looked at him and be like, Hey, you haven't won anything. You need to chill out, but that's different now. It's not like that. Like those opportunities are now present for up and coming players. And it says a lot about the sport and how fast, and how how massively we've grown in just a few years and how the sponsorship from the manufacturer level down to the shop sponsor level has just changed the whole scope of the sport across the board and and players can come in now relatively young relatively unproven as far as like actually winning championships on the major stage and you know say hey my value is great look what i'm doing not only do people already talk about me but now I've got my own YouTube channel. I've got a lot of followers and now I'm building a brand. I mean, like if Ezra didn't have a successful YouTube channel, his brand would already be the fact that he's like the only super ripped disc golfer that we've had on tour. Like the guy has an image that is unseen before in our sport. We've been talking about it for a long time. Like when are we going to get a super athlete even more so than Paul Ulibar, who was pretty much the pinnacle of, of our sports athleticism so up until Jack. Ezra coming so in. Jack. <laughs> but like it's unusual like a lot of times like conventional wisdom has been like more muscles it kind of like slows you down in a sport we're a sport that like emphasizes the quick twitch muscles and a lot of times that benefits the long gangly players like me when i was in my 20s and like scott stokely ken climo barry schultz like those guys the long tall lanky guys had an advantage and the 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 stockier muscle guys never really had the same distance he's somehow managing to like bring that power and that flexibility together to put those together. I mean, and, and like Nate was saying just a little while ago, like we didn't know who this guy was coming into the season. I played with him for the first time the week after he shot like 1070 or 1080 to win an A tier. It was his first win. And I was super excited. I played with him at D glow and he threw a mid range farther than I threw my driver. And I was just like, and I threw a good shot and I was like, okay, yeah, I'd get it now. And he didn't look like he put zero effort into it. So like, that kind of recognition is going to get people talking. And that is how you separate yourself. You have to do something. It doesn't have to be distance, but it has to be something. And that's how you, you have to be, show your value. You have, you have to be beautiful and jacked. <laughs> and then you're fine. There's, everything's easy after that. <laughs> the Yuli's autobiography. Just... <laughs> He's be yeah, beautiful and jacked, and it was, it's was it been an easy ride. The Yuli story. So, so my, my question my question to you guys, I mean, what we have an outstanding resource here. We have literally the two team captains of the, the two largest manufacturers in the sport, Discraft and Innova, and you guys represent the talent pool for the biggest brands in the sport. And so you have a, you have a, a very big responsibility to weed through that and select, hey, 
This is who we want to represent our company in a time where there's been more talent in this talent pool than ever before. So I know Yuli, you're heavy on social media, uh, but like Nate and Yuli, what other things besides social media, which is obviously very important this day and age, are you looking for to like really establish some credibility and recognition? I mean, it's a long list, but I think somebody who is showing a commitment to the game, who's talented, obviously being a great player is super important, but just somebody who, and also somebody who, who wants to be associated with Innova, you know, it's like in my, in my opinion, that's really big for us. It's just like, does, do we get the feel that this person's like, you know, shopping every single company? Or are they like attracted to Innova Discs because they like the product and they really want to be throwing it and they're a great player, you know, and the, that's, that's important for us. Just, just that like, it isn't just like how many dollars can you pay me? And I've never even tried a destroyer before, but I'll figure it out. You know, definitely much prefer somebody who's like choosing the product, you know, choosing to, to come our way because they love the discs. And then, you know, obviously then they have that fan following or they have that potential and they have that personability. What, you know, that's becoming with social media, the personability thing is becoming more and more important, I think, because you can become a fan favorite in a whole lot of ways. It's not only done by uh, just lifting trophies. And weights. Weights Wait, helps. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, those are all great points. I think for me, a lot of it has to do with how you did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, like, I've always been just the ultimate grinder, like, worked my butt off. And when I see that in somebody else, like, I feel like that hard work always pays off. And so if I see somebody doing all of the things and and going the extra mile, I mean, that's one of the things that I'm like, I don't, I, I look at the talent level, of course, but hard work can, hard work can beat talent. You know what I mean? And I really believe that. And so like somebody who's always grinding, who's always putting their foot in the door, trying to trying to get better in every aspect, like that's one of the things that I look for. You know, of course, you can have the most talent in the world and you're going to get signed to anywhere. That's just the way sports are like in any sport, like they they buy talent. That's what they do. They buy potential. And for me, you know, I've always a bit been a big advocate of sure you can be talented, but what your work, work ethic, you know what I mean? Because both of those things put together, that's when you get the Paul Macbeths and the Ricky Wysockies and the Ken Climos. You know what I mean? The people who not only do they have the talent, but they're willing to go the extra mile. And so that's one of the big things. And, and you don't have to be 1050 rated. You know what I mean? Like well, one of the great examples that I like to use is, is Brian Earhart because that guy, he works really hard. I just I just said that there is 140 people at 10 the highest rated 1054. I don't know what the last update was for the top guys. Let's say it's, I think it's Ricky now all right. from him all the way down to 1015. I'm not sure what Brian's is, but I, yeah, I think it's right around the very bottom. So he, he's a household name. Like everybody knows him because he puts himself out there. He's hitting these aces like every year. He might not yeah. be winning tournaments, but he's figuring yeah, he out a way to be seen. And not only that, he has his podcast he does commentary. He's doing clinics. Like he's out there getting it. So this guy all of a sudden is, like I said, a household name and he, and he hasn't won a national tour or pro tour. You see what I'm saying? And he's put himself ahead of a lot of the like 140 people. 
You know what I mean? Like that, that's what I look for is somebody, somebody who's like that, because you don't have to be Paul McBeth, you know, it helps. Obviously I, I wish I yeah. could play like that, but <laughs> you've, you've got, you've only got a couple of generational players that come every generation. Right. And mm-hmm. so like, that's not obviously, obviously those guys are going to find their way to the top and they're going to get recognition. But like, like what you're saying, for, for me, there's two things you guys haven't mentioned, and that is one, word of mouth. So, like, finding somebody, like, an up-and-coming player through, like, hey, like, through a, a, a trusted source, right? So, like, hey, you need to check this guy out. He, he's got something special. And the other thing, and this this comes back, this goes back to, like, my basketball days. I know that, Paul, you spent a lot of time on the courts, and maybe maybe with Ultimate Frisbee or, or soccer for you, Nate, but, like, actually passing the eye test seeing them in person like if when i went onto the courts when i was like 18 to like 25 around that age i could watch the person bounce a basketball on the court dribble basketball on the court three or four times and see just their swag and their charisma and i could tell right there on the spot whether or not that person i wanted them on my team you know were they cocky were they like just smooth something about like the body language of a, of a confident athlete reigns like very obvious for me and so like when i'm looking out there for up and coming talent not that I'm the team captain, but like, you know, I think that it's very important to always be looking for that kind of stuff. Like I'm looking for that and, and that natural competitive strive or that drive to strive, to strive to be the best is something that like, I think I can recognize because I think the three of us have that. And we can also recognize when other people share that same, that passion and that fire. But yeah, it's an interesting thing. You know, the, the scope of the sport has changed so much that, there's always new ways to, to brand yourself. And, you know, obviously these are the two guys wherever. Yeah. I don't remember how to. Oh, now. <laughs> these two there guys. There you go. I made here. it easier to point at them. <laughs> Thank you. That's easy. That's up. <laughs> but yeah, it's good stuff. Awesome. Well, I want to, I want to take a quick break to, let all of you know, thank you to, by the way, thank you to all 2,400 of you watching with us live right now. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for getting in on the chat. Uh, a lot of good things going on. Thank you for the super chats. I wanted to let everyone know that the super chats for this season two of Shomez, all of the proceeds from super chats are going to go to our Starframe initiative. So we're getting an early start on Starframe before the season starts. So... Um, yeah, so we appreciate those rolling in, and that's uh, that's all going to go to a good cause, which is uh, Edge Disc Golf, educational disc golf. Um, you know, we we've been partnered with them for a couple of years now, and we look forward to a solid year with them. And uh, so, yeah, I'm 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 glad that you guys, even before I mentioned it, there was already a good amount of them coming in. So now you know that they're all for the season of Joma's Pro is gonna gonna go to help grow the sport and the the younger generations of disc golf. So. And um, also, to all of you, we have another special product. It's not a Gazelle disc, but we do have some special edition Shomez shirts that are, uh, I'm pretty excited about them. Let's take a look at them, Mike. Oh, sweet. Yo. Let's go. Yeah, so we, uh, they're they're like in a nice, uh, appropriately themed 80s type of a wash tee. And uh, yeah, those are gonna the pre-orders of those is gonna start tomorrow. Uh, so check out jomaspro.com/showmez, and uh, yeah, 
a lot of good things going on on the website tomorrow. What does it say on the sleeve? Oh, it's a, so it says Shomez not about disc golf with the asterisk, and you can't really tell in there. You'll be able to see on the website and on that and the asterisk on the sleeve says sometimes it's about disc golf. So, it's just kind of awesome. just kind of a goofy little thing, but yeah, I'm excited about them. I know I love shirts like that, like in that that wash type material. So dude, I can't wait to rock that. That thing is awesome. I love the '80s theme. Yeah, we've we've really embraced it here on Showmez. I'm not sure where it came from. That's a little tease to uh to the end of the show, as you see here. But um, moving on to to the next topic, just kind of talking about some of these players and and the season that we just came out of and how unique it was. Um, I want to shout out to Thomas Gilbert for bringing up in our call for for some topics. Thomas Gilbert brought up how we um anticipate the way that the restrictions are now how it might affect the start of, of the touring season as we look forward to starting the, the first event would be the disc golf pro tour, um, who is now running, uh, the Las Vegas challenge. I think, I think honestly, the best thing you can do is not anticipate at this point. If, it, if we learn anything from last year, it's that we live in a completely different world now and, and who knows, you know, so I, I, I really hope that we're able to, you know, move forward and do everything like um, like we we want to plan on doing. But at the same time, you know, we have to be ready to where if we're not able to do that. And, and that's just a sad truth at this point. Yeah, man, I'm so uh, torn on it because it's like Vegas, especially, you know, being having snuck in there and won that thing last year to to, I just was so sure that it would be all good by now. You know, if I think back to my previous self, like eight or nine months ago, and I want to go so bad to like be back out there and, and revel in the, the, it's always fun to be defending champion. You know, you don't get that many chances at a big event like that to come back and strut your stuff yeah. and go, Hey, yeah, you know, Hey, you know, kiss babies, obviously not COVID times, I guess the baby kissings off the table, but used to be a baby kissing gig, you know, so it was an honorable thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, man. So it's like, I'm so torn because it's like, part of me is like, yeah, I've been out on the sidelines so long and I took a couple, you know, calculated risks last year, but also like the numbers are kind of worse than ever. And it's like, I don't know, man. It's like, I just want to get back out there and be with you guys and, and, but it's like at the same time, I'm like, okay, so I sat out last year and now the numbers are worse. And now all of a sudden I'm going to come back. That doesn't make any sense either. So I don't know what to do. I'm, I just want to be back. I want, I want my vaccine. I want everyone to get their vaccine and I want to move on from this. But I, don't, I, re- I literally don't know what to expect and I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really hard. It's so weird to like, be in this position now where it's we're, we're less than like we're about a month away from hitting the road right so we're like right at that go time where it's like okay we already have our schedules pretty much lined up we're ready to go we're making these plans and it's like you're making these plans for something that's so uncertain in the past it's always been so certain like even going obviously into 2020 we had no idea that that covid was going to hit us the way it did and so we were like totally like our plan our schedule no way it's going to get derailed it never has before and even when it started to come over to the States, like I, I remember certainly thinking like, 
well, good thing disc golf is in the position where it's in it. We're not like one of the major five sports. You know, we're counterculture. It's not going to really affect us or our tour. And then, boom, second big tournament of the year, or I guess third, like ends in two rounds instead of three, you're going home. And then it's indefinite. You know, we don't even know when we're coming back. And it's just like totally threw a screw in the, in the, in the whole thing. And so it's like, all right, well, 2021. Okay. I know what my schedule looks like, I guess, but do I really, you know, like cases are still spiking higher than they ever have. We've got a new mandate in Mecklenburg County here in Charlotte where like we are not supposed to leave unless it's mandatory. I mean, like we're supposed to work from home. It's just basically like March. It's basically like original quarantine. So like, how am I supposed to take that with any sort of certainty that, you know, going to Europe, going to Norway, a country I've never been to before, going back to the European Open. How, like, come on, like, I, I, I want to plan on that. I want to register for that event as soon as registration opens. But that doesn't mean I can bank on it, you know, and it's such a weird feeling. There's one thing that I that I definitely want to bring up and, and something that I'm actually really proud of. And that's how well, you know, Jeff Spring and, and, and the crew and, and the PDGA really like, took care of this last year and and we were able to do the tour and through that tour like we had i don't think we had did we have any cases like i don't remember them i don't remember somebody like and if they did they stayed out of it you know what i mean because like it wasn't a thing on our tour and that is incredible um so hats off to them for for doing a great job honestly yeah absolutely i take my hat off last (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it was a. The last person that added the super chat said, "Don't take your hat off again." So, hats off. Tip of the hat to you, sir. Okay. All right. Anyway, sorry, Nate. You're going to say something better. No, than I, I mean, and just this, I've I've said this in a lot of places. It just that the whole tour went a lot better than I thought it would. You know, I I was expecting yeah. a way more of like, well, you know, Macbeth got it, you know, or whatever, you know, and it shut the whole thing down and like. You know, I, at the beginning, I remember thinking, like, why are they forcing this to happen in in this moment? You know, and I still honestly, I still get that feeling sometimes. Um, but I also understand that, like, you know, so many people's livelihoods are are rolled into this machine that's rolling along. That's the disc golf tour. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I just I just hope we can uh, have a, another great year, you know, and I think we will. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like one of those things where it's like. We've got the Kyle Kleins, the Ezra Adderholds, the Kevin Jones, the, you know, the Eagle McMahons, the guys who are like, I mean, some of those guys aren't even 20 yet. Uh, Kyle isn't at least, you know, whatever happens for like this year, last year, and maybe, you know, like who knows how bad this could possibly get. But like, it's not, they can't be feeling any sort of sense of like urgency because like their only urgency is they just have so much drive to want to go play and compete that that's like what for us we've got something else going on. We got, we got father time on our, you know, not on our side anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're coming up on 36. I'm going to be 36 at the end of the year. And Paul, you're going to be 33 this year. Right. So like, I feel, I feel so young right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel rested because we didn't have a, a strenuous 2020 season, but you know, like, I, I, I don't know, man, it's, it's a bummer because like, I want to take these years when I, I, I know I don't have many like, full-blown touring years left in me and i want to take advantage of these things these times because this is these are the times that i'm going to look back at when i'm 40 50 60 years old and be like that was the time of my life 
you know, and I've really, it's, 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 you know, it's a bummer for everyone, but in, in some, in certain sense, it's, it's a, it's more hurtful to these guys who are at the tail end of their like peak seasons in their career. You know, it's, 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 I don't know. It's something to think about. <laughs> something I think about. Yeah. I mean, I at least have, I at least have four years till I'm, till I'm 36. So I'm, I'm pretty, <laughs> good, pretty good, you know, pretty healthy. really. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> That's strong. Like, oh, it's so yeah, funny oh, that you say that. Cause I, youth, I've youthful. I've definitely done that, like watching an interview of somebody, you know, I don't even know who, like Gary Vee or somebody. He's like, I'm doing all this and I just started when I was 40. And then I think, yeah, I got like six years until then. I'm like, I'm good. But that's like an awful attitude to have because then it's just going to be like you wasting and before you know it, six years has passed. And you're like, oh, crap. Now, I'm okay, well, now it's a good time to start. That's just funny that you mentioned that because I've definitely done that and like have to stop myself because it's like not the right, not the right way to think about it. But I'm definitely the same way. I'm. I definitely feel. You know what Jerm's saying. You know, you guys are players and talk about. You only have so many years left and whatever. But I, I'm this. I feel that too because like I'm carrying a 10 pound camera around for miles and miles every year, and I'm like, yeah, I my chiropractor visits get a little bit more frequent every year because it's just like, <laughs> it's they tell me like your back doesn't get any better as you get older. So uh, shout out to everyone that goes to chiropractors because I'm definitely a believer in the in getting my back aligned as often as I can. <laughs> sure i feel like i've been i've been carrying around 10 pounds and uh that's just from that age catching up to me that ain't the camera so <laughs> maybe a natural of those french yeah those french fries but a natural tent i got a little I salad on the side instead <laughs> i know what you're talking about i'm trying to think i'm trying to think really quickly what is what is like your guys' go-to on like, I'm trying to think like if we're doing commentary, any of you bring food just like, you know, after the round between there and commentary, what are you guys like reaching for? I'm trying to. Sunflower seeds. Well, naturally. <laughs> seeds. Oh God, don't bring that up again. A lot's changed. Oh dude. A lot has changed. Well, oh, Sunflower seeds. God. You're such a dork. Uh, like what uh, I, like. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think there's a, a go to for me. I mean, like, you know, I trail mix since that was last year's uh, <laughs> Munch Madness winner. Trail mix, baby, all the time. Just validate our decision. <laughs> Definitely right, not right after the round on our way to do commentary. Yeah, I'm just what like when you're eat? talking about like the reason you might be feeling ten more pounds. Like it's probably there's probably oh. something to attribute to that. Like what is it that's like you're. Oh, you I know you say, shouldn't be doing, but you're doing because it it's easy on the road. I can't That's really. I'm Chipotle. Paul, oh, so Chipotle. 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 Yeah. I love Chipotle. Yep. I love it. Yeah, it's not good. Not a good addiction. My man's is a burrito connoisseur. That dude. I thought I had more burritos than anyone else on tour, and this dude proved me I was dead wrong. This guy is eat. He's actually eating a burrito right now. Like it's. <laughs> I feel like ours for the crew is like Chick Fil A, because everyone like I can right now I could instead of texting everyone, hey, what do you want? Like all eight of us, I could go to Chick Fil A and I could tell you what every person on the crew would eat. And Chick Fil A is kind of hard to screw up because it's like. Even if they, so you, they don't get your order right, but for the most part, it's like, oh, it's fine. I like I like nuggets. I ordered a sandwich, but it's all good. 
Like most people are just like, whatever. That and like unless pizza. They, like unless unless they don't unless they forget the sauce and then it's just oh, a yeah. nightmare. What's the point? Nightmare nightmare What's, situation. What even is the Chick-fil-A? point of even Chick fil A if you don't get your sauce? I've thrown it away. I literally have no <laughs> oh sauce. God, come on. <laughs> so traumatic. <laughs> Jonathan, do not get this man started on ordering food. This guy had a whole Instagram. This is true, folks. This is something that you, this is like the the in-depth, this is like deep cuts with Shomez. This man right here had his own Instagram account that was just dedicated to miss orders from restaurants. It got so bad that nobody believed him because he kept saying, they got it wrong again. I ordered French fries and they gave me fried rice. You're like, what? You what? How would that even happen? This dude... I've legitimately had like a, a thousand meals with this guy and, and they just, it's like an 85% mistake to 15% getting it right ratio. Now like this guy does not get his food correct at restaurants. It's wild. It's not, it's not a normal thing too. It's not like I'm ordering chicken chicken and I'm getting like fried chicken or, or even beef. Like I'm getting Doritos. Like I'm ordering chicken and I'm getting like Doritos you know what I mean? They like bring me a bag of Doritos. I'm like, I ordered a 13. <laughs> like in that, you it's think like, hey. that's like drama, like, or I'm being dramatic, but I'm not kidding you. Like I have legitimately ordered one time I ordered refried greens and they bought me, they at a Mexican restaurant and they brought me French fries. <laughs> and then they told me they don't even have refried bean, refried beans. Not kidding. I got kicked out of this. That happened. This first year. off, why did you say breens? What? Where, where did breens come from? You said it twice. It wasn't like the first time. I was like, I'm gonna let this one go. Then you said it a second time, and that was weird. But like, I think because I was like, kind of like, giggling, <laughs> giggling at the same time, but I really wanted to get it out, so it was breens. It was awful though. Literally, oh I wanted. to refried greens and they brought me <laughs> french fries greens uh, i think i'm starting to realize why they're getting the orders wrong yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it makes perfect sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean to say that they're, they're bringing you the wrong food <laughs> Yeah, that sounds exactly like French fries. Thanks, Nate. Thank you. No, you get you know I get mad about it. I at this point in my life because people are like, this is what I get. Like it's not that bad. I get I get mine messed up all the time, and I'm like, have it happened eighty times, eighty percent of the time in your lifetime, and then and then come to me with your complaints because it's eighty. Like you can see that I'm getting a little heated now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can tell your your <laughs> face is getting kind of red. It looks like a like a kidney it's, breen. It's, it's not a jo- it's, it's not a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke anymore. Turn this off. Turn this off. <laughs> if you asked if you asked your waiter to bring you some fries, I could imagine why they get that confused. <laughs> I never ordered fries. Oh, fries I've ever, never said. Oh my god! I didn't think this would turn into this. This is amazing. <laughs> but it's so true. I actually feel bad. Guys make guy. a, like, if you guys awesome. make a freaking brain shirt, I'm going. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit this <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> what I'm quit this I swear. I swear. Do it. Bet right now. 
Test me. Dude, this guy could order this guy could order a sweet tea and they're gonna bring him a bag of jelly beans, I swear. <laughs> it's the craziest thing every time, man. It's nuts. Oh I'm sorry. God. I'm sorry to the fans out there for what they're going through right now. Yeah. That was very off topic. I didn't put that on the bottom the bottom little status, the topic bar. Breens wasn't wasn't one of the things that Hey, I'm always good for it, man. You just bring me on. I'm a product maker. <laughs> Ugh, bring him true. on the show. Yeah, we'll bring him on. But bring yeah, this, me is, this is bring proof me that Yuli, Yuli oh, just God. is able All right, just to guys, make once you guys products out of. Pronounce a word. I'm on you. I'm on you. <laughs> you should be. Don't ever do it. I'm a, you I am. Be. Mispronounce I am a word or, right or misidentify a, an animal or anything. Oh, He's going to be ready. He should be ready. Uh, he, he should be. Oh my gosh! All right. Speaking of Bree, yeah, that's that's Nate's wife's name. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nate. You didn't even get the, a word in edgewise through that entire conversation. I'm I'm all right. I'm you know I didn't I don't know that I had anything to add. <laughs> okay. Oh well, moving God. on. Thank you um, for everyone. That's just... twenty. We're over twenty four hundred. Very very appreciative of everyone that's that's along with us in this season premiere of showmez <sighs> all right hashtag showmez if you still feel like it we still got a couple a couple more things coming your way next up in the topic list is another one suggested in the uh in the social feeds today and i believe it was phrased some something along the lines of what order if any, would you put the four people that are on Shomez right now as to be when they would be inducted into the Hall of Fame? What order, if at all? Put us on the spot, wow. dude. What? That's. I thought it was a great topic. <laughs> what? Well, I hope we... I, let's just get this out of the way. I hope all you guys follow me in. Okay. You know? Really? No, I hope I, I hope all four, I hope I hope all four of us would be so lucky. That would be amazing. I don't know. It I would. mean, mm-hmm. it's a long way off. I think for for all of us. But uh, man, that would be a big honor. I I've I will I won't lie and say that I haven't dreamt of uh, of achieving that. And I know Yuli has too. We've talked about that uh, being a mm-hmm. goal and something that like could be kind of like the ribbon on top of a of a life spent, you know, traveling around and throwing these things. So, I hope. You know, I hope we all get there. And I think we might, you know, I don't know. We're kind of, we're kind of getting good at this stuff. I, I hope it, I hope it, I hope it comes down that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like oh. I get, I get chills just thinking about that stuff because that, like you said, that's not just, that's not just like something to take lightly. You know what I mean? Like that's the honor of all honors in any sport and to even, yeah. you know, we're, I'm 32. I'm so much younger than you guys. So just to be in this conversation right now <laughs> just feels so good. It's so right. Yeah, you know? totally. So to right. be recognized. No, like I remember coming into the sport and, and uh, Hall of Fame Classic uh, over there and, and watching all those guys get inducted and stuff and listening to their, you know, speeches and, and everything. And just, you know, you're a kid and just like, imagining you know because that's what you do is imagine like wow someday maybe if i do everything right you know that's that that could be a thing and and 
it just takes, you know, we got a long ways to go, guys. We got a long ways to go to even start thinking about it. But we already had half a lifetime doing this thing. So we put in a lot of time and that's and that's what it takes, you know. So I, I, I'm going to keep working my butt off to to eventually ha- even have a shot at it would be incredible. Yeah, I think I'm don't, the thing that gets me in a little trouble is I'm I'm the oldest and you guys have both played more tournaments than I have in your lives. So, you know, and I started playing first. So you guys are kind of you guys are grinding well, at, at a level that I'm not uh capable of. You could be like Ken Climo and get inducted after your fourth world title. I mean, not that you would win four world titles at this point from your career, but maybe I'm not going to rule if, it out. But if like, I do that, then sh- of course I'm going to make the Hall of Fame. If I can manage to squeak I out guess- just, just <laughs> four more titles, that's all I'm looking for. I guess what I'm saying is it it's it, the induction process, It's it's gone through a lot of different changes, right? So like a, a lot of disc golf uh, initially was on um, – was based on like the foundation of the sport. So like a lot of the people that are inducted now are people that were integral in promoting the sport, running big events, and that were there from the beginning. We haven't really got to the part of the sport where the majority of people being inducted were inducted purely on outstanding play alone. Now there are obviously players in the Hall of Fame that are in there for that reason, but the majority of it is still not quite leaning that direction. It's just so bizarre to think that Climo, before he had even reached halfway through his prime, like he was still like yeah. mid twenties, maybe when he won, when he got into the Hall of Fame after four world titles, four of twelve world titles. And I remember that actually, I've had that conversation with him, and I think we've talked about this with him, Paul, that he actually was pretty ticked off about it. He's like, dude, like, yeah. what do I have to strive for? You know, what I mean, like. Right. For us, for me, for me personally speaking, like it was my first goal before I even had played a disc golf tournament. I didn't even know what I was going to do with disc golf, but for some reason, I wasn't even sure if there was a disc golf Hall of Fame. But for me, the very first goal I had in the sport was disc golf Hall of Fame because I was so connected to it from the very first round that I knew it was going to be a part of my life. And if I had been given the Hall of Fame, like after like five years of working hard, who knows if I would have kept going hard and like out of the peak, I would accomplish my peak goal. You know, and that, that's pretty, it's actually a huge testament to Climo's intensity that he was able to grind out another eight world titles and what two or three or four more uh, uh, masters world titles. Like, I mean, yeah. talk about goat status about Macbeth all the time. That dude still go and you're wrong. If you don't agree, <laughs> that's just the way it is. That's it. Well said, dude. Well said, homie. <laughs> yeah, <don't... laughs> get, get out of your phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jonathan? I think, yeah. <laughs> <Jonathan>? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Jonathan, that, give me a that, give that's... me a little bump, buddy. Yeah, my dude. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I did. <laughs> speaking from from my perspective, where I feel like media guys are like that doesn't even seem like something that would be synonymous or in the same sentence as like Hall of Fame and stuff. It's like it's crazy to to, to see when people, and it's very flattering, and I, I, you know, to to see when people 
get these debates going and they'll tag us and things like that. I just can't even imagine. Like, it's certainly not something that we, we're, you know, we set out and we're striving for. We just, we want to come out here and do the best job we can. And it's just like awesome to see that people even think that that is like that. I think I saw a comment said something about Jomez pro would be first in the, in the cameraman wing of the hall of fame or something. So it's just funny because I think that other sports do kind of do, you know, different, classifications almost like i don't know but that's kind of what i yeah, thought like i mean I, I don't know man it's like our sport the 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 way that i mean we just had we're having lucky to have you on my podcast coming up but we just had ian as well from central coast and mm-hmm. it's like the way that media evolved in our sport f- to me feels so organic that it's not the same thing as like this guy was such a great baseball broadcaster and he was paid to be a baseball broadcaster from the beginning. And baseball was already huge. You know, like, I don't know you, you guys and central coast and McFly so high and everybody else that, that brought this YouTube thing out had such a big role in growing the sport in a way that media in, in the traditional sports, at least where they exist now, I don't think you can give media as much credit as you can give to you guys for pushing the envelope and changing the way things were done and changing the awareness around what we do. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, I don't get a vote. You got to get in the hall first, (laughs) but if I had a vote, uh, you know, I would, I would send you and Ian in there, man. I mean, it, it doesn't, I don't think it needs to be in a separate part of the hall of fame. It's just, this is disc golf. It's not playing disc golf. It's just disc golf in there's, it's more than just playing i mean that's exactly what we're talking about we're talking about it's foundational and like what's more foundational than the promotion of the sport in the most popular uh, capacity which is through youtube right now like that's clearly how the sport is getting seen by the most people right now and it's i mean there were other people before you and there will be many people after and most of those people are going to copycat what you've done and what the team has done not just you but like people like mike and like jerry who's been there from the very beginning juan who's just killing it with social media you know we got kevin and brian and so many people around the country that come in and help out and we got ryan vandenberg who's killing it and doing stuff like with the espn and cbs sports stuff the crew is so talented that like <clears throat> that if that doesn't deserve its own recognition, I, I just would be completely astonishing because it's, it, it is truly revolutionary in our sport and it's, and it's, it's gotta be acknowledged. And, you know, that, that question is, uh, it's, it's always a little bit awkward because it's something that we all want so bad. It's something that's so important to us, but there's also yeah, important and, and there's... people that, that didn't, didn't make it. There's some people that yeah, deserve and, to be in there that aren't in there. Yeah, and they're yeah. all ahead of us in line. <laughs> That's for sure. That's they're right. all That's way right. ahead yeah. of us. Yep. Before we before yeah, we I, move past that to what you're talking about, sorry, I just want to make sure, like, to to make it clear that, like, if if there if we were ever on the ballot, it better be because guys like Terry Miller, like, sure. were in there right. first because it's so important to like to give credit. And there's people before that. I mean, we're talking like what was it called? Uh, Disc Golf Which Monthly. What's what did sure. you say? Yeah, there's disc golf monthly. But yeah, disc golf monthly. Tourism I mean, and for, for, furtherance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Billy Crump, baby. Yeah, OG. Billy Crump, and and like when I got into disc golf, it was because of disc golf planet. Like disc golf planet was the live yeah. was the live yeah. thing at the time, and John Dusler and his whole team, Terry Roddy. Like, there's so many that like, 
And then you can go back and watch the VHSs from the 90s and before that. And those people were, it makes me wonder, like, what happened? Like, they already had it. They had full productions and they had backing from, yeah. from whoever. And, like, it's crazy to see the different iterations of it and that we just happen to be so fortunate to follow it in their footsteps and that we had YouTube and we had social media yep. and that it was easier for it to, to stick. Like, we didn't have to to make a DVD or a VHS and people had to wait six months to get it and all that where maybe it just didn't have, wasn't quite as impactful. So it's certainly like, like I said, if, if we're on the ballot, there better be quite a few names in media that, that are, are in there before Dude, us. Here's one you didn't say. And this one was big when I first started playing in 06, Carl Cubbage, rest in peace, Cubby. That guy was well, the disc golf yeah. monthly. Yeah. Disc golf, disc golf monthly. monthly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so he's under that umbrella, but like specifically, he was kind of like the superstar because the ace thing that he had going yeah. on. I, when I first started playing, and my friends for the most part did not know what disc golf was, the ones that did would always ask me, Have you played disc golf with Cubby? And like that, they thought they thought of him as like they thought really? Cubby was the goat, you know? Yeah, and like I was yeah. like, This guy's this guy's not the goat, but he's definitely a very <laughs> important figure because he's bringing a lot of attention and he's getting he's doing a really cool thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, there's so many people on in that Mount Rushmore of of uh, of production and of entertainment. But uh, but yeah, dude, it's hard. It would be hard to to argue that anyone is more influential in thus far in the sport than than this brand, I, I would have to say. Well, yeah, that, that certainly includes all of us. And uh, I think we'd make a pretty handsome Mount Rushmore. It wouldn't be on the main disc golf Mount Rushmore, but maybe but it would be like you know is there like a <laughs> is there a mountain next to to mount rushmore that's like the next four presidents that would have been mount dripmore oh mount, mount rush less oh boy oh <laughs> <laughs> i i think all this conversation is doing for me is making me feel more and more sure that I got to win a couple more things. I'm, I'm yeah. getting work. I, I think, uh, I think I got more work to do. There's too many names. I can't, uh, you're here. I can't rest. You're I can't here. rest just yet. No, no, we got a long ways to go. There's so many people that aren't in there just as far as even players that I, I would like to say that deserve to be in the hall of fame. I mean, the first two that come to mind for me is Steve Rico and Brian Schwaberger, like those two do that. Brian Schwaberger just played his seventh tournament or something crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Nuts. Like yeah. mind blowing statistics that are just like, uh, what? He has like, yeah. he's only yeah. a few, sh a few wins shy of being the winningest player of all time ever. He's wow. coming up Lane on Kinger in that battle, and yeah. he's coming up on the win number three hundred. Three hundred wins. Combined with MPO and Open and and all time great, all time like North Carolina, definitely he's on the Mount Rushmore from North Carolina disc golfers, and that's there's a lot of Mount Rushmores, but the one in North Carolina is is I think it's in Mount Mitchell up in the uh, the Appalachia, uh, but yeah, he, has, he is he's incredible. He has Absolutely. more wins than Absolutely. all of us put together. He might have more tournaments played than all of us put together. That's nuts. Yeah, and then yeah. so you say you say all that. You say all that about Schwebe, who's he's he's just so awesome and you think, okay, this guy's been around forever. He might, you know, he's got all these accolades and titles and wins and he might it might have kind of changed him a little bit or whatever, but I will say that like it hasn't because it, we got lucky enough 
me and Jerry did some of you know we did the the Monday qualifying USDGC. We just said, you know what, we'll charge it to the game. Like we're gonna lose, we're not getting that money back. That's not getting rolled rolled over into a uh, into a USDGC registration. Jerry, I really thought could have done it, but we're sitting there on yes. the tee. We had a twosome. And they were like, oh, your guy, your third guy's not here. It's going to screw, you know, all this stuff. And Henry Childress, who's, who's amazing at running Monday qualifying, among many other things. You know, we were trying to scramble and kind of find a a, 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 a solution. And Schwebby's just standing there like, hey, I'll play. And we're like, what? You want to jump on with us? Like two camera guys, like 960 rated. Jerry's higher than that. But, you know, like we're just a couple of AMs. And he's like, yeah, it'd be fun. And he played the entire round with us just because we needed a third. And it was so helpful like i was more nervous than maybe i've ever been in my life as soon as we got on hole one and i'm like i'm on the tee of hole one at uscgc i know it's monday qualifying but it feels the same as like what i feel like being a player would i was so nervous and he's like no man it's fine it's fine you know you'll be fine you'll be fine and i'm just like every six foot putt was like i'm gonna miss it i'm gonna miss it (laughs) and like I parred the, like the first two holes. I birdied the third hole. Like I was one down at one point and I'm like, what's happening right now? And he's like, so encouraging. He was like, yeah, man, like it's not that bad. Like, and I was just like, so you're saying all these things about Schwebby. He's been in the game so long. He's like at the top of the game, like legacy type, you know, status. And then the same guy is like hopping on with a couple of AMs and just being so helpful. And like, I just, I'll never forget that. Cause I already knew Schwebby and like, I, we've always been cool with him, but like he didn't have to do that. He wasn't registered for, you know, like to be on our card and he just jumped in and like made the best of it. And we had a great time. I, I, it was an honor to be able to play in any, in any sense, much less like an actual competitive round where he didn't make it feel like that. He knew how yeah. nervous I was. And he was like, he took that pressure off so that I could try to play better. We could do an entire sideshow just based on Schwebby stories. Uh, honestly, I not many more influential people in in this region to so many players, not just to myself, but so many up and coming players than Brian Schweberger. Um, you know, like just class act. When you when you look at and we have spent this whole time talking about Schwebby. Steve Rico's done the same thing for people mm-hmm. out west. He's been playing since he was, Absolutely. you know, he, one of the youngest Open champions of all time. I think he won his first Open tournament when he was 13 years old something just absolutely crazy. Uh, but like, but Schwebby is like, he, he really captures the fun essence of the sport. The thing that makes it continuously amaze us and, and captivate us. And he brings that, that energy every single time he goes and plays. Like I, it's like, I've never played with him and been like, man, he was grumpy today. Like he just doesn't <laughs> have it. It's just like kind of annoying. Cause it's like, where is that? Like, he just he just <laughs> loves life when he's on the course and that's just it's just infectious. Yeah. It's great. But Steve Rico. Put put oh, him in. Put him in. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully before yeah. hopefully and before any of this conversation that we've had today oh, and easy. It, yeah, you easy. know, it's like There's a huge I mean Nate Doss, Avery Jenkins, David Felberg, the list goes on and on and on. And that's not even including the people who are just putting the whipping stick to us every weekend. Paul McDez, Ricky Waisaki, like, yeah, of you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. these guys are like, we're yeah. we're so far behind this thing. Like, <laughs> is Stokely is, is Scott Stokely thing. in the Hall of Fame yet? I don't know. We're not getting in if we're lucky until we're seventy. Like it's just like seventy-five. It's yeah. Another conversation. Well, I'll be six. I'll be sixty-six. Yeah, I don't want to be sixty. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. This is ridiculous. Yuli's hanging on to that four-year gap, man. Oh my goodness. Well, that's okay. So I know we can we need to move on to this and kind of wrap this thing up. But like really quickly, is there was it one of y'all that mentioned before that Kenny got in while he was still like playing, right? Like, what do you think that would do if you did find out like you're still in like what you feel like is your prime? Do you think that like mentally would kind of mess with you like that they're already putting that on you and you're not even you feel like you're not even done? Like, you know, like, or what, what maybe did it do to him? You know, like, I don't know if anybody has any. <laughs> if they put me in now, I'd be like, yes, right. Apparently, if you get in early like that, you might ring off a few world titles. So put me in tomorrow. <laughs> Send me in there, baby. Let's go, dude. Yeah. I've got, I've got a exactly. disc or two to donate. <laughs> yeah, let me get eight more or eight first ones. <laughs> yeah seriously i want to win my first world title eight times <laughs> here's, here's a great here's a great debate would you give up every single one of your wins for a world title oh two oh, different wait, wait, answers wait, 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 oh no germ already answered that was his gut reaction yep I, I've had this conversation with Yuli a lot and he's kind of done that thing where he like says something enough times that like I disagree with that like the 50th time he says it I'm just like yeah that's my idea I want to do that no I, I I love I love everything that's happened in my career exactly the way it's happened all the boneheaded mistakes I've made all the all the things that uh, I've done it, that I, I regret have led to the point where I've learned from them and, and grown and, and I wouldn't change a, a single thing a world title would mean the world to me but it would uh it would it wouldn't it wouldn't change the way that i feel about myself or, or my career it would just be something that would um it would be another about like a next next level like i've already hit my shoot for the the stars goals in the sport um and and really there's only one left that i haven't hit and there's one that's like a neck the next galaxy and that's the world championship like i feel like if i hit that i'd be like okay what that's it like oh i can go ahead and lay down and be done like i thought you were gonna say being on both microphones during commentary that was i thought that was what the he he already does that oh (laughs) see you later i thought that's what he was gonna say he's like if i could somehow be on commentary simultaneously having a conversation (laughs) with myself before he gets back can you imagine how many boneheaded mistakes he's made like in his whole career when he talks about that, I mean, gosh, Seriously, that's a, so many mistakes. That's a mountain. That's a, that's a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's with the foundation of it, and they carve out the faces from the top. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay, we were shooting for an hour. We're well over that, so... I think it's about time. We're obviously going to have more episodes after this one. Thank you so much to all... 2400 we still have a basically the same audience that has stuck with us this entire time so thank you everyone for just being so supportive we're so excited to have brought Shomez back I know it's a new format but I'm I really love the way this went I thought it was great we had some great topics up for discussion um so we appreciate it we're definitely going to have more of that um I guess we're going to leave all of you with a we have a really special 
treat for everyone you saw the last topic was called 80s vibes 80s vibes is kind of like what you saw the shirt and the graphics and how we kind of played off that and uh it inspired our very own follow flight Mike to create something really special i'm really excited to show you so as we sign off germs already sampled the track he's he's I, asking for I the am, ringtone you know y'all wait <laughs> y'all wait boom <laughs> <laughs> so Boom. we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and, and wrap this thing up we um we i appreciate it thank you germ thank you yuli thank you nate for for joining for the season premiere of season two yuli i hope you how did you feel when when like we we brought you on and we let you have a little like it wasn't all like making it's fun of Brynn, yuli it's and you got Brynn, to... it's been amazing <laughs> It's pretty amazing, guys. I encourage you to go back and look at the comments, Yuli. There's a ton of of Breen jokes that you need to go over. Yeah. I've been on. I've been looking at them. They called us the Breen team at one time. Like it's it's good stuff out there. Somebody oh super God. chatted fifty dollars as a pre order for the for the for the Breen shirt. <laughs> Oh. I think it said refried breens or something. Sad. I don't know what it said. <laughs> oh, Dude, it's been amazing. You it's been amazing. Guys. Y'all are the best. Like, it's so stupid. I love it. I can't oh, wait God. for the season, but this is this is our warm up to the season. So I hope all of you are enjoying it. We'll have more to come next week. Join us Thursday night again, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. What is that in Hawaii time, Jerm? It's uh, 10 o'clock here. It's 5 o'clock Hawaiian. Okay, so 5 o'clock Hawaiian for for everyone over there. But um, again, thank you everyone for joining us. We're going to leave you now with a very special treat from Fall of Flight Mike as we play our Founders Club list. Huge thank you to those over at patreon.com slash Pro that have supported us through thick and thin through 2020 and beyond. We really appreciate it. We could not do it without your support. This this entire broadcast is possible because of the continued support from our Patreon family. So without further ado, roll that beautiful brain footage, Mike. <laughs> it's great. It's great to see you guys. Here goes. Good night. Enjoy the song. Go over to patreon.com slash Pro. You can hear the whole thing. 